mercy and peace are yours from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It has been a while since I preached. I think it was Father's Day so much that Renee Klein's daughter asked me, are you still a pastor here? But I am, uh, I'm glad to be here. And, I, and since it's so long, I wanted to write like a, um, a snappy intro, have this way to, to capture you, to get you to lean in. But there are 41 verses that we are going to cover this morning. And as much as everyone loves to hear a story that leads to a story, sometimes you just got to jump into the story. Thank you. That's the right line. So let's dive in. If you brought your Bibles with you, pull them out. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 41. You can mark it up as we go along. Otherwise, it will be on the screen behind me or it's printed there in your bulletin as well as we take a look at this chapter. And as we do today, we're going to look at the different sections. We'll break through them down and we realize that God speaks to us in so many different ways in his word. And that's why it is important that we become these people of the word, that we read God's word as we live. We live as we read God's word, that there's no separation there that we are a part of his story that he is continuing to write. And so as we look at the word today, we open our hearts, we open our minds to hearing this story and allowing God to work on our hearts as we listen. So again, chapter 41 in Genesis, verse 1, when two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream and he was standing by the Nile. Now, because Pastor Tim has taken us up through chapter 39, we actually skipped chapter 40. Remember the last we left off, Joseph was just thrown into prison uh, because of Potiphar's wife. And so we jumped a little ahead and I want to catch us up. So uh, after some time of Joseph being in prison, two other guys got sent to prison. One was a cupbearer, one was a baker, and they'd recently been thrown into jail. They had these dreams that were troubling them and Joseph interprets the dream for them. One for the good, and one, well, not so much. And Joseph asked the cupbearer, whose dream had a, um, a favorable interpretation, to remember him when he gets out of prison. He said to the cupbearer, when all goes well with you, remember me, remember me in kindness and tell Pharaoh about me. Well, three days later, the cupbearer, the baker, they're released from prison. The dreams come true, just like Joseph had interpreted, and yet the cupbearer forgot. And that's where we are, two full years later. Joseph, two years in prison, waiting to be remembered. Joseph, two years forgotten. No doubt that even though Joseph was in charge at the prison, there was still difficulty, there was still discouragement in prison, especially when you think that Joseph had just been so helpful. He'd been so kind. He was a good dude doing good things. In fact, the scripture tells us that everybody around him is getting blessed. Sometimes the good that we do seems to go unrewarded, kind of like what was happening to Joseph. The good we do goes unnoticed. Like everything we do doesn't matter. Everything we're doing is just taken for granted. And it's hard not to think when that is happening, when is it our turn? When will we finally get noticed? When will we finally get something good come to us, come our way? When we think about this story of Joseph, it really is something, isn't it? Someone sold into slavery, taken from his home, not so much as a goodbye to everyone and everything he had ever known, then falsely accused, then prison, now forgotten, all along just waiting, waiting for something to change. Now, if you are familiar with the divinely inspired movie, this is the part where Joseph wants to give up, and the song, Go, 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 Joseph, is sung. The summer choir this morning 
and you can see that we did not invite them back for the 10.30, even if they were never on the schedule to begin with, did not sing the song with me. But I'm looking out, and I see a ton of Donny Osmond fans. So I know you're going to sing this with me, because it was embarrassing last time. People were coming up to me, are you okay? And I said, yes, I'm hurt, but I will be okay, because I know at 10.30, they're going to rally with me. We're all in prison. Don't give up, Joseph. Fight till you drop. We've read the book and you come out on. Okay, three of us, for reals? Still pretty good. Still pretty good. You are not even smiling, sir, so I'm just going to push on. Waiting is, a, waiting is a common theme in the Christian life. Constantly waiting. Some of us are waiting to see the loved ones we've lost again. Some of us are waiting for a cure. Waiting for a second chance waiting for him or her, that special person, to walk through the door. The waiting is hard, and God often chooses for us to wait much longer than we would like. And we have to submit to that. It's not going to do to try to force whatever you're waiting for, because the truth is that we're going to see in this scripture, and we have seen it time after time in our lives, God appoints our starts and our stops. We can try to fool ourselves, thinking we're in control, make our own destiny, that kind of thing. And in part, maybe that's true because we don't just sit around. But we wait till God says go. And while we're waiting, we're waiting in prayer. We're waiting in hope. We're waiting in trust. Because this story shows us that God's hand was in this. God's hand was there in the waiting. When the time was right, Wouldn't you know it, the cupbearer finally remembers and knows exactly where to find Joseph. I mean, if he had been released earlier, who knows what would have happened. But these are the verses describing Pharaoh's strange dream. When out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. And Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again, and he had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk, and after them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin, scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads. And then Pharaoh woke up, knowing it had been a dream. In Pharaoh's dream, the fat cows come out of the Nile, and then they're consumed by the ugly, skinny ones. The strange dream woke him up, but he can still go back to sleep. And that second one is when he wakes up, and... Indeed, he knows it's a dream, but a lifelike, a crazy dream. We're going to find out that this was a message from God, which is really interesting to think about. God speaking to us in dreams. Now, we can't say that every dream is God speaking to us, but we can say that God still speaks to us today. Now, he may use supernatural means and strange things, even crazy things like people, He can use people to speak to us. That's why testimonies have such a power of people speaking about how God has worked in their lives, as God has showed them, God changed them, how God loves them. But more normally, he speaks to us through his word. And we can be confident that God is constantly and still speaking to us through his word. Hebrews chapter 1 puts it this way, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the Father by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. And what we have is the Bible capturing the words of the Son, the words of the prophets speaking to us even to this day. And that's an important 
but a distinctive point that God might speak to us in a dream, in an event, through a person, but in his word there is no doubt. That's why we're here today, because we are people of the word. For the word is how we know what is truth, what is real. It's how we know who God is, and it's how we know who God is not. It's how we can have that foundation to live on. That's more than just our feelings, more than just the experiences, more than just what's fashionable at the moment. And make no mistake, it's unfashionable to say that God's word is truth. But it is. And the Bible speaks to us through many different styles, poetry, wisdom, prophecy, but all of it truth, real truth. And in the time of ambiguity, in the time of twisting and choosing, Truth is revealed in God's word. Text continues, In the morning, Pharaoh's mind was troubled, so he sent for all the magicians, all the wise men of Egypt, told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Pharaoh had begun to realize that this isn't probably a crazy dream. In his spirit, he knows that there's something important in this. If you want to take a moment now to just think about Pharaoh looking at this text, the most powerful man in the ancient world awakened with a troubled mind. The most powerful man in the ancient world left with no answers, unsure of where to turn, desperate for help, surrounded by the best resources, the brightest minds of his days, humbled because he is in need of truth. He will be made dependent upon the truth of God. You see, the picture for us is that no matter what we have access to, if we do not have the truth, if we do not have Christ Jesus, what good is it? And I love on this little side note that I'm going to make here, wouldn't you know it that here is Pharaoh in trouble and God just so happens to have placed someone who had been through a similar experience. Doesn't God just have a way when we're going through tough times of putting someone in our life right there to help us, to to give us exactly what we need, really to point us to who we actually need. God is constantly putting us in places to be that and constantly giving us his word and people to be that for us. Just fascinating. But we're only eight verses in. Yeah, you're counting. We've got a lot more to go, so let's keep going. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. I said that every day. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew, that's Joseph, was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dream, and things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was impaled. I told you, not such a good ending. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved, changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Butler, the cupbearer, finally remembering Joseph, confessing his wrong, recommending Joseph. Like I said before, God appointing our starts and our stops. 
when it was in the timing of God, two full years later, Joseph's out of prison, and it happens quickly. It happens a lot when we feel that there are long periods of time when God's not doing anything, when his timing is not our timing. And then suddenly it comes together in an instant. And in those times when it's not going well, don't we always think of Romans 8, 28? Have you ever been encouraged by that? And we know that in all things, God works the good of those who love him. That's a great verse. I love the Hobby Lobby signs for it. But you know what Hobby Lobby never adds? Verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God's work in our life is to conform us to the image of Jesus in that waiting, in those hard times. In the parts where we don't see him working, he is conforming us to the image of his son. Verse 15 says, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I have heard it said that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I want to stop here. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Think about his misery. Sold to slavery. Falsely accused. Sent to prison. Forgotten. Think about his pain, his angst. How would you respond here in this moment? Would you say, Pharaoh, you bet I can, but what's in it for me? Because I know how this works. Powerful man, I do something for you. You do something for me. Would you ask to be released from prison? Would you ask for a hit out on Potiphar's wife or that cupbearer guy? You see him in the corner. You haven't forgotten that he forgot about you. You want him taken out, maybe his brothers. Get the rat in your closet. I got you, bro. What would you ask for? What an opportunity to use this for his own gain. Verse 16 says this. I cannot do it, Joseph replied. He says he can't. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Pharaoh gave Joseph this golden opportunity to glorify himself, a golden opportunity to change his situation, and he doesn't use it for himself, but gives glory to God. And I wonder what that would look like in our lives. How do we give the glory to God instead of glorifying ourselves in those moments? And I don't think this is one of those, oh, this is where I put myself at the end of the table and then I'll get moved to the front like this is some situation, some game that we can manipulate and change for our favor. I think what it looks like is different for each one of us, but the heart of what it looks like to glorify God in these situations will always be the same. And it starts with what we give. It starts with what we say. It starts with what we do. We were not redeemed, born again, to become children who ask what's in it for me and putting ourselves first each time. But in gratitude and in the truth of who God is and what God has done for us, we are called to live in a way that gives glory to Him 
by starting with the heart of God and letting it work through us. Because the text says that God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. And really, the text says God is going to give Pharaoh an answer that brings peace. And doesn't Joseph just seem so much wiser now? So much humbler than he was before. He's been having dreams and talks about how great he's going to be. And yet here in this moment, the self-confidence gone, the self-glorifying gone. And instead, he humbles himself because God had been working on him, conforming his character, changing him. That through his disappointment, through his struggles, through the unfairness, through the sadness that had been happening to Joseph, God did not stop changing him. And while this may not provide us immediate help or healing as we read this today, it certainly offers us truth. You might call it hope, but I'll call it truth. To those of us who are suffering, to those of us who are waiting, to those of us who are anxious and unsure, God is working. God is building in us. He is with us. He is for us. He sees us. And we are not alone. The text continues, and Pharaoh tells Joseph the dreams here. I won't spend too much time on it, but you can get the gist. It's the same dream that he had earlier. There's a few more specifics here. If you go to the next one, it talks about how the magicians couldn't explain any of it to him. That's surprising. Just kidding. I mean, I don't really know any magicians, but I'm sure it was surprising to Pharaoh. And then 25 comes. Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven good cows are seven years. And the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that come up afterward are seven years. And so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the wind. They are seven years of famine. It's just as I said to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. But seven years of famine will follow. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten. And the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. Dream repeated because the thing is established by God. Maybe that points us to that principle that we learn in Deuteronomy chapter 19 that by the mouth of two or three witnesses the matter will be established. And the confirmation of the dream indicating the urgency It's all going to happen shortly. And it is interesting to think that God spoke all this through Joseph, using Joseph as a guide to Pharaoh. Some of us wish God would give us supernatural guidance, a dream, maybe even a treasure map. We want our guidance from God to just be a map. That says, okay, in your life, you're going to take 40 steps this way, then this will happen. Take 12 steps this way, then this is going to happen. Go through that, go under this, go over that, as if it's just all planned out and you get to know so that you can be in charge. But instead, we are given a guide like Pharaoh was given, Jesus Christ, who comes to us and says, I'm not going to tell you everything that's going to happen, but I'm going to tell you stay close to me. 
for I am with you always, and I will guide you along the way. Instead of looking for a map, we look for the guide. We look for the, the guide, Jesus Christ. And this is such a huge point. Because I have heard time and time again that the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. And I hate that. <laughs> Apart from it just reducing the Bible to a set of morals, it misses the whole point of the Bible. These things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and by believing in Him, you will have life in His name. It's about knowing and trusting in Jesus, not trying to be perfect, not trying to escape bad times and keep the good times going, not always trying to be hashtag blessed. It's about, it's about looking around and saying, as long as I have Jesus, that will be enough for me. And you have Jesus. You received him there in your baptism. And this trust this relationship of trust and dependence and love is with you no matter what you are going through. That's where the central message of the gospel shines in this narrative of Pharaoh's dreams. Pharaoh's trust in himself and his own resources is laid bare for the nothing that it is. It's nothing compared to what God gives and what God promises. And that is the same for us. If the goodness of God was there in the Old Testament, was fulfilled in Jesus Christ, you better believe that the goodness and the faithfulness and the kindness of God is still continuing until he returns. That does not end. As we close up our text here, Joseph continues and he starts giving what should happen next. Let Pharaoh look for a discerning, a wise man, put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Appoint commissioners over the land. Take a fifth of the harvest for Egypt. Yes, that's taxes during the seven years of abundance. Collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come so that the country may not be ruined. And there's a lot here. Moving from knowing God to the wisdom of God, from knowing to doing the right thing, from a problem of famine to a goal to a vision to putting people into place to understanding the role of people, all of this to make it happen. You know that not once is it mentioned here that Egypt should just take all their good stuff and while everybody's suffering in the salmon, go destroy everything? Isn't it interesting that it's stored up to then be able to give to others? Now, I know they'll get paid, so it's not a perfect anecdote, but I think it's interesting for us to look at when the abundance is there, how are we giving? How are we making sure that those who have none are taken care of? 37 says, the plan seemed pretty good to Pharaoh. So he says, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? And wouldn't you know it, this is the first mention in the Bible of the Holy Spirit coming upon a person. It's interesting to note that it was regard to practical things. He didn't give a sermon or lead a prayer, but the Spirit of God came upon him and was shown through his character, through his message, through his knowledge, through his wisdom and his humility. And that means the same for you and I, that the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is shown in the practical ways that we live for one another. 
And half the band's here. Where's the rest of my band? Let's go. I want the whole band up here. I'm going to ask the band to make their way up here as we close out. Pharaoh says to Joseph, since God's made all this known to you, there's no one so discerning and wise as you. You're going to be in charge. All my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Pharaoh says to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Well, it seems to happen real quickly, doesn't it? When we read it on the page, it's really like something like 13 years, this story. And we're probably like in the middle of those years right now. Because for as good as it is for Joseph right now, from prison to second in command, the best is still yet to come. Because the restoration and the goodness of God wasn't finished. Still to come as the healing of his family. Still to come as the, the brokenness of seeing his brothers again, of being reunited with his father, of meeting his younger brother, of, of Joseph being made whole. Because the goodness of God his kindness, his faithfulness doesn't stop in the hard times or the bad. It's continual. It's forever. And that's what it's promised to each one of us. The hope we see in this story is the goodness of God, the way he works in us, the way he directs and guides us even when we can't see it or feel it and it feels like he's hiding. God is there. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Joseph, the God of you and me. Still there. Still working. Still calling by name. Always and forever loving. Amen.